And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening to you. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Oda Pain Podcast, Monday, May 22nd, 2023. The Joe Beningo Oda Pain Podcast brought to you, of course, by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by Anita Discount Tire, and our good friends at DraftKings. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody that showed up Friday night for the latest edition of the live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Of course, we had the incomparable. Sydney Arthur Rosenberg, and it was, to say the least, a wild night. There is no doubt about it. Very chaotic night, uh, very uh, symbolic of what Sid brings to the table. We also had the great Lou Ruffino there. Uh, terrific, terrific night. And uh, like I said, it was it was insanity personified. So uh, <laughs> uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, you checked out, you can check it out right now on Spotify. Uh, the, like I said, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy night. And I want to thank everybody for showing up. And we'll let you know the next time we have our live podcast. And uh, got maybe a few surprises for you as far as who I'll be, will be uh, the guest host with me on the next one. All right. We got to start out. We'll get to the, all of a sudden, the, the Red Hot Mets. We'll get to all of that. Got to start with the PGA yesterday. As Brooks Kepka uh, wins his third PGA Championship, his fifth major, and it was a big day for the Live. You know, it really was with all the controversy between the PGA and the Live Tour and all of that. They did pretty damn good. Kepka wins it out of the Live Tour. Cameron Smith had a, a very solid day, finished in the top uh, ten. So did Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you know, Patrick Reed finished in the top twenty. So again, the Live Tour guys. Uh, making their mark as they did in the first major at the Masters, even though John Ron won it. Remember, Kepka finished second. Reed was fourth. Mickelson was tied for second. So the live guys have really, really gotten the job done in these majors. And maybe at some point we will have the, the live in the PGA finally get their act together so we can have all the top golf, golfers in the world play on a weekly basis on the PGA Tour. We'll see how that plays out. but. Uh, Really great drama yesterday as, as Kepka and Victor Hovland really battled toe-to-toe uh, on the final round. It looked like Kepka was going to take off. Uh, birdied uh, three out of the first four holes, had uh, jumped out to a three-shot lead. Hovland eventually caught him, cut it to one, but Kepka never gave up the lead. And then the kill shot on the 16th hole with Kepka up by one over Hovland and, and Scotty Scheffler who, remember, had a very rough day on Saturday in the rain, all the terrible weather they had on Saturday at Oak Hill up in Rochester. Remember, Scheffler was right there, and he he went four over on Saturday. He went from six under to two under. He made a big run yesterday, got it back to seven under, and finished two shots, uh, tied with Hovland, two shots behind Kepka. But the kill shot for Victor Hovland came on the 16th hole, and this 16th hole, man, uh, did in a few people. It did in Corey Connors on Saturday when he was cruising along with the lead. It did in Jordan Spieth on Friday as he was battling to make the cut, which he eventually did. Uh, the cut line was plus five. Spieth eventually did make it. But Hovland hitting it in the bunker, hitting his drive in the bunker on 16, and then his second shot out of the bunker, embedding itself underneath the grass and the sand in the bunker, unplayable, had a, you know, lost the shot there, <clears throat> winds up double bogey in the hole, and that was it. That really took it out. You knew Kepka was going to win at that point in time, and uh, Kepka does go on. He birdied 17. 
Uh, he birdied, no, he bogeyed 17. He actually birdied 16, bogeyed 17, part 18, winds up winning it by two shots at nine under par. Uh, really a terrific uh, uh, four days at Oak Hill. How about the performance of the club pro from California, Michael Block? How about this guy? Not only does he finish one over par and in 15th place in the tournament, so he qualifies for next year's PGA as well, but he had the crowd going all week. And then the shot of the tournament, I mean, really, there's no question, the shot of the tournament yesterday, 15th hole, par three, 151 yards, and Block sinks a hole in one on the fly. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've never seen a hole in one go in on the fly, Okay. I have three of them. I didn't see any of them go in the hole. Okay, none of them. All right, none of the three that I have, I saw go in. Joey T did see the last one at Rutgers last year, but um, this one went in on the fly. You know, usually when you get a hole in one, it hits the green and kind of rolls in, right? That's usually what happens. You know, it it backtracks itself and it rolls in. Not this one. This one was actually dunked right into the freaking hole. It didn't even hit the pin as it went in the hole. Unbelievable. Block didn't even realize he had it. Rory McIlroy, who he was playing with yesterday, and I want to get to him in a second. Rory McIlroy, who was playing with yesterday, actually comes up and hugs him. And Block said, well, you know, that, you know, I hit the ball good. I'm probably on the green, but why is McIlroy hugging me, right? And then, of course, he found out that it actually did go in. It really was uh, quite a cool moment and very cool watching Michael Block, who, you know, had the crowd behind him all the way. But when all was said and done, and we'll get to see him next year in the PGA as well, and he certainly uh, brought some juice to the tournament. But when all is said and done, it was Brooks Kepka again, winning his fifth major, as I said, his third PGA. I believe he's only the sixth guy in the history of golf uh, to win uh, six PGA tournaments. He's also only the 20th golfer in history to win at least five majors. He's got three PGAs. He's got two U.S. Opens. You know, it's funny about Kepka. I think he's only won – you know, at least on the PGA Tour, I'm not counting Liv. I think he's won once on Liv this year. But on the PGA Tour, he's I think he's only won like eight tournaments and five of the eight are majors. There's nobody that gets, you know, gets motivated for the major tournaments more than Brooks Kepka. Remember, he looked like he was on his way to winning the Masters. He had a three-day lead at the Masters at Augusta back in April and wound up really crapping out in the final round. And John Rahm wound up uh, taking it away from him. And, uh, you know, Kepka said that that motivated him for this tournament, that he was not going to allow that to happen again, and he didn't. Even though he had a couple glitches on Sunday, had that, I believe it was eight and nine when he had those back-to-back bogeys, and he allowed Hovland to come right back in and cut it to one. He never surrendered the lead. And, you know, just the demeanor yesterday by Kepka was just unbelievable. He had the same face all the time. Nothing seemed to bother him. He putted very well yesterday after he had that great four under round of 66 on Saturday in the rain where he could have easily had about, uh, you know, three or more birdies than he did. He came that close, had some real good looks on Saturday, obviously yesterday as well. But let's be honest. You know, when you talk about the top golfers in the world right now, here's the top three golfers in the world is for the Joe Beningo ranking. I would still say, even though Rom did not have a good week here at the PGA, he made the cut. I think he finished five over par, something like whatever he finished. But look, you can't win them all. He's already won four times this year, and he won the Masters. I would say Rahm is number one. I would say Scotty Scheffler is number two. And who knows what would happen if Scheffler didn't have the glitch he had Saturday when he wound up going four over par because he came back yesterday and wound up, you know, uh, going f- shooting sixty-five yesterday, five under par, 
and getting back to seven under for the tournament and wound up tying Hoblin for second place. I would say Scheffler is number two, and I would say Brooks Kepka is number three. And you can put them any way you want. To me, those are the top three golfers in the world right now. But nobody gets motivated more for the majors than Kepka. As I said, he's won five times now, and he's five majors now, and three of the five majors Kepka has won have been in the state of New York, right? He's won at Bethpage Black, he's won at Shinnecock, and now he's won up at Oak Hill in Rochester. So, uh, you know, you know Brooks likes playing in New York, and if you heard him after the after um, the tournament was all said and done, he said he loves playing for the fans in New York. And boy, they are a rowdy group, especially the group up near Buffalo there. You know what I mean? But... <laughs> We won't get into all that, but uh, nevertheless, great job by Kepka. And let me say this too, great job by me, okay? And I rarely, rarely do I ever blow my own horn. I am the last guy to ever said I did anything good, right? I, I don't. That's just not not the way I roll. That That's that's for other people to determine, not me. But I'm in this golf pool, my buddy Tommy Keenan. I really didn't even want to be in this pool. Tommy Keenan got me in. There's 87 guys in it. Uh, I had Kepka yesterday and i i started the week in 18th place i've actually had three winners this year which is crazy i won with uh rom at uh, riviera at the uh, genesis way back earlier in the season i won a couple weeks ago with tony finau in mexico and now i win with kepka in the in the pga i vaulted from eight there's 87 guys in this pool i vaulted from 18th place to sixth place with this <laughs> win yesterday i'm I'm actually starting to feel a little pressure here now. My wife's going amazing. I'm actually starting to feel a little pressure. I don't know if I can win this. I think the top three guys win money. I'm not, I got to ask Tommy. I'm not 100% sure, but but nevertheless, um, you know, you're starting to feel it a little bit with this going on. But great job by Kepka. Uh, good job by me picking him. I loved him. I tell you, I as soon as he uh, wound up, you know, losing the Masters like he did, right then and there, I said, I'm taking Kepka in the PGA. He's going to be motivated. And he certainly was. And I would not rule him out uh, a month from now with U.S. Open out in L.A. at the L.A. Country Club. I would not rule Kepka out as far as the possibility of him, you know, winning over there. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But great theater, great drama <clears throat> yesterday. Uh, just terrific stuff in the PGA. And, and, and I got to say this about Rory McIlroy. Typical Rory. How many times have we seen this with McIlroy, right? Okay. Where McElroy, he's basically out of contention, right? He's not going to win. And then on the final day, he makes a run to get himself back into, the, like, the top 10. I think he finished two on the par when all was said and done. Um, seven shots behind Brooks, right? But he always seems to make a run on Sunday when the pressure's off and you know he's not going to win, and he winds up finishing in the top 10. That's typical Rory McElroy, and he did it again yesterday at Oak Hill. So, nevertheless... Uh, these these uh these these golf tournaments, the majors, <clears throat> great theater, great drama, great theater. You had it again yesterday. Brooks Kepka becoming only the fifth of uh, the 20th player in PGA history, in golf history, to win five majors. His third PGA has won two US Opens. Congratulations to uh, Brooks Kepka. And we'll see what happens a month from now, uh, on Father's Day weekend when the US Open uh goes to uh the LA Country Club. So terrific uh, stuff yesterday as far as the PGA is concerned. Okay, Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, let's get to the baseball. How about the Mets? What, what a difference, like, you know, a week makes. You know the old song, you know, 
What a difference a day makes. 24 little hours. Like the birds and the flowers. Where there used to be rain. Anyway. I, I, I think that song was originally done by Dinah Washington. Okay, now you know that. I go like, you know, way back. She, by the way, was married to the great uh, defensive back, one of the great defensive backs of all time, played for the uh, the Rams and the Detroit Lions, Dick Nitrain Lane, back in the 50s. Dinah Washington, what a difference a day makes. And it's pretty much that with the Mets right now. I mean, a week ago, I got my buddy Joey. T- I love Joey. Joey's the best. Joey Tate. Joey Torriello, right? A week ago, Buck, get him out. He stinks. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. Verland is done. Scherzer's done. I'm saying this. Well, I, wasn't saying it. I didn't say it about Verlander. I just say it about Scherzer. Monte's done, right? Vogel back. Get him out of here. He calls him Vogel fat. All of this. Get him out, right? So all of a sudden, now they're playing the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. They have that game on Tuesday where Verlander gets lit up. They get killed by Tampa. Verlander gives up six runs, a couple home runs. Season looks like it's over. They're dead. They're dead in the water. Then came the the, the turning point. If this season now turns into another playoff-bound season for the Mets, okay, we will look back on the game on the game on Wednesday night against Tampa Bay with the Mets down 2-0 in the seventh inning, looking completely dead in the water, down 2-0. They might as well, well have been down 10-0. And Mark Vientos who they just call up that day, hits a two-run home run to tie the game, right? And that really turned the whole Mets season around. Now, they fell behind again. They were behind 5-2. Adovino gave it up in the eighth inning, right? And then in the bottom of the ninth inning, well, it was one of the kids again. Two on, two out, down to his last strike, and Francisco Alvarez hits a three-run home run to tie the game, 5-5. The Mets fall behind again. In the 10th inning, they give up two runs. They're down 7-5. to five, And then Pete Alonso hits a three-run home run, walk-off home run to win the game. And that has turned the entire season around. The Mets win on Thursday afternoon. They beat Tampa 3-2 to two on Thursday afternoon. Come from behind to win that game, too. Alonso, uh, well, I guess they were down one nothing if you want to call it come from behind. But Alonso hits a home run in that game as well. They wind up going on to win that game, 3-2. Uh, to two. And then they come back on Friday night with another crazy Come from behind, win. They're down 5 nothing to Cleveland at City Field on Friday night. They come all the way back. Uh, Beatty hits a home run, another one of the kids. Uh, they're down 7-3, and Alonzo hits a grand slam to tie the game. And then they come back again and pull it out in the, uh, the bottom of the 10th inning. Francisco Lindor against his old team gets the big hit that turns out to win the game after Vientos had got a base hit to cut it to a one-run deficit. And Alvarez got a base hit with two out to tie the game. And then Lindor wins it uh, in the bottom of the 10th inning with that base hit. And then yesterday, <clears throat> if that's not enough, remember the Mets get rained out Saturday. <clears throat> so yesterday is a day-night doubleheader that they're playing, right? Day-night doubleheader. Scherzer pitching the first game and Verlander pitching the second game. And boy, you got to feel good now if you're a Mets fan. They sweep the doubleheader. Scherzer goes six shutout innings in the first game, and then in the night, and the Mets go on to win that when they come from behind. They're up three nothing in that game. Cleveland comes back, scores four runs in the in the eighth inning to take a four to three lead, <clears throat> and then in the bottom of the eighth inning, you know, finally, finally, and this guy's been really having uh, struggles after David Robinson gives up a two run home run to Jose Ramirez 
to give the lead right back to Cleveland. They're up four to three. Stalling Marte after Brett Beatty walks the lead off the inning. And how many times have we seen leadoff walks come around to score? I think it happens about 75% of the time. It's really unbelievable. But nevertheless, Beatty walks the lead off the eighth inning. And then Stalin Marte, uh, you know, who I basically have been saying it's time to DFA. He had a three-hit game, hits a two-run home run that winds up winning the game. Robertson closes it out in the ninth. The Mets win the game 5-4. And then come back after six great innings by shutout innings by Scherzer. And even though he had a blister, I guess, on his finger after the game. And then in the and then in the nightcap, the night game, right, which ESPN night game, Verlander and Shane Bieber, right, two Cy Young Award winners, or former Cy Young Award, well, Verlander won it last year. Verlander's got three. Bieber has one. Hook up in a classic old-time 1960s pitching duel where both Bieber and Verlander go eight innings. Are you kidding me? What? It was like Gibson against Colfax, right? Right? I mean, I mean, how good was that? It was like Seaver against Marischal in the old days. You know, the guy pitches eight, nine innings. You take him out when he's not pitching well. Both guys go eight innings. How about Verlander? And what did he retire? His last 10, I think 21 of his last 22. He gave up a solo home run to Jose Ramirez in the first inning, and that was it. Winds up going eight innings, three hits, only that one run, five strikeouts, gets the win. As the Mets come back to win the game, again, 2-1. to one. They were down one nothing, as I said, early in the game. Then Francisco Lindor had a tremendous series against Cleveland. And I really warmed up to Lindor, I got to say that. Hits a home run to tie the game at 1-1. And then in the bottom of the, I guess it was the bottom of the seventh inning. Was it the eighth or the seventh? Anyway, um, and a big hit again in the inning. A check swing base hit that would have been a double play, except Marte was on first base and he was running after Alvarez actually let off the inning with a hit. They pinch run, Buck pinch runs uh, for Alvarez with Marte. Marte comes in, and he's running when Lindor hits a check swing grounder that goes right through the hole at shortstop, which was just vacated by the shortstop for Cleveland because he was going to second base to cover on a potential steal by Marte because he was running. That puts runners on first and third, and then Jeff McNeil gets the sacrifice fly that eventually wins the game. Uh, who is it, Raleigh? Uh, Raleigh, whatever his name, Brett Raleigh, Shane, whatever his name is, the left-hander that they brought in that they got from Tampa earlier in the, you know, in the offseason, he comes in and he gets to save a double play ground at the end of the game. And the Mets sweep the doubleheader over Cleveland, sweep the series against Cleveland, and now suddenly have won five games in a row. I mean, where the hell did that come from? And have gone now from three games under 500 back to two games over 500 at 25 and 23. What a difference a week makes. And I really credit it all to the young guys. I really do. I really do. Vientos, Beatty, and Alvarez, they have made a major difference. Like I said, the biggest hit so far this year, let's be honest, if Mets go on to make the playoffs, we will look back to that game against Tampa and that two-run home run by Vientos out of nowhere that tied the game when it looked like the Mets were dead in the water and they go on to win. So things have really changed. The Mets are off today. They go to Chicago to play the Cubs, a three-game series at Wrigley. All of them night games, which stinks, by the way. You know? One of the worst things that ever happened, and I really think this, and of course they had to because it's modern baseball, and it's been, you know, almost 30 years now, or 25 years, I guess. 35 or 25. 30, I guess 1988 was the year that they actually, that's 35 years now. Uh, 1988 was the year that they put the lights in Wrigley because, remember, they all play, played all day games forever before that at Wrigley. And then they finally put the lights in in 1988. And they've 
played night baseball there ever since. But, you know, you got to give me at least one afternoon game at Wrigley, don't you? And the Mets are playing, the Mets are playing three, three uh, night games at Wrigley, which stinks. But nevertheless, they're off today. <clears throat> and then three against the Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, Kodai Senga, who's actually pitched a great game. You remember, he pitched in that game against Tampa that turned everything around. Remember, he had six innings of one-run ball with 12 strikeouts in that game against Tampa when everything kind of turned around. So he will pitch against the Cubs <clears throat> tomorrow uh, tomorrow night at Wrigley. But things have really, really, really changed for the New York Mets. And boy, oh boy, as I said, like Dinah Washington once, once saying, what a difference a day makes. And in this case, what a difference a week makes. And if Scherzer and Verlander are going to pitch like they pitched yesterday, you got to feel pretty good if you're the New York Mets. And don't think, don't think that the influence of these young kids hasn't woke up guys like Marte who realize, hey, you know what? I better start getting the job done here because my job's on the line. So everything turned around when they brought up the, when, when Mark Vientos came up and when, you know, we've seen now what we've got from the baby Mets. So you got to be very, very pumped up about that. No doubt about it. All right, Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. Let's get our sponsors in here. Of course, of course, like Sydney Arthur would say. <laughs> the Hackensack Brewing Company. Again, want to thank everybody that showed up Friday night. Uh, we got to talk to the boss. She'll let us know when the next one will be. Probably sometime in the middle of the summer, maybe June or July, whatever. We'll let you know. Uh, the... Uh, Hackensack Brewing Company, located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Who Needs a House out in Hackensack, New Jersey. Remember, the tap room's open from 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sundays. Uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the, uh, the, the tombstones, the legendary tombstones now. Check out my Oda Payne beer when you get there. Remember, you got the new Met packaging now, new Met colors for the Oda Payne beer for the summer. For the baseball season, want to check that out. Thank you, TJ. See Mike Jones. See TJ. Herb showed up the other night. It was great seeing him. Andre, the homeless booker at the uh, Hackensack Brewing Company. And again, we want to thank the one and only Sidney Arthur Rosenberg, who uh, can do it only as he can uh, for the uh, insanity and the chaos that ensued on Friday night. And also great seeing the great Lou Rufino as well. Uh, also, of course, the Anita Discount Tire, you know the deal, Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue, check it out. Go see my son, Johnny. Go see Ari. Go see the whole crew there. You need tires. You need work done on your car. You need your car inspected. You don't want to go to Lodi. You go to Anita Discount Tire. They'll take care of you. Tell them I sent you. They do a great job. Any Anything with automotive you need done, see Johnny, see Ari. They'll take care of you. And, then, of course, our friends at DraftKings, and you know the deal. You're going to bet on anything, it's got to be DraftKings. You're betting on the NBA playoffs. You're betting on the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? You're betting on the baseball. You're betting on the golf. You're betting on whatever. Whatever you want to bet on. WNBA, right? You want to do that? I don't care. Do it. Good. Go. DraftKings is the way to go. In-game betting, prop betting, everything you want to do, the way to go is on DraftKings. Uh, Hopefully you had Brooks Kepka yesterday in the the, uh, PGA. You know, a lot of my guys did. Uh, JJ, Kenny, everybody won a little money yesterday on Brooks. They listen to the uh, to the old man here on that one. Every now and then you get lucky. But nevertheless, uh, DraftKings is the way to go, and they'll be with us again for the NFL season, and we thank them for that. Okay, Beningo, the Yoda Payne podcast. How about the NBA player? How good is this? Oh, my God. So right now, here we are now, Miami and Boston, L.A. and Denver. 
both the Lakers and the Celtics facing a four-game sweep at the hands of their opponent in the Western Conference Finals. Denver up three games to none over the Lakers. They can close it out tonight in L.A. And the Heat up three games to none over the Celtics, and they can close it out tomorrow in Miami. How freaking good is that? How much? The last thing, okay, and nobody, remember, nobody in the history of the NBA has ever come back from 3-0 to win a best out of seven series. That would be zero. Nobody, nobody, and nobody again has ever done that. It's only happened once in baseball, obviously, back in 2004 when the Red Sox uh, slayed the Dragon and came down from came back from 3-0 to beat the Yankees in the uh, ALCS, as we all remember. That's the only time it has ever happened in baseball or basketball. It's happened a few times in hockey, but it has never, ever happened in the NBA. So things don't bode well, bode well for either the Lakers or the Celtics, and thank God for that. Because who the hell wants to see another Lakers Celtic final, right? It's only been, we've only seen it, I've only seen it about 30 times in my lifetime, okay? And you know ABC, who's, who's obviously is, you know, broadcasting the finals, you know they want Lakers Celtics. I mean, you even see the commercials? You know, they got Magic, he's showing off his five rings. You got Larry Bird showing off his three rings. You know they want Celtics Lakers. You know what? It ain't happening, ABC. Suck it up, Denver, Miami. Suck it up. You think any? You think ABC wants to see the freaking Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals? What? You think they want to see the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals? What? <laughs> Too freaking bad, ABC. Okay, there goes the view. Oh, oh, we were gonna get big ratings. Now we're not gonna get such big freaking ratings. Denver's never been to the NBA Finals. I'm rooting for Miami. I want to see Miami win. And how about this? If you're a Knicks fan, think this, Knicks fans. Keep this in mind, okay? So the Heat play, they play uh, Milwaukee, who had the best record in the league in the first round. They beat them in five games. Milwaukee won one freaking game. The Celtics, they win two games in Boston. The first two games in Boston, they got the Celtics by the, uh, by the you know, you know what's now, okay? By the gonads, if you will. I'll do it the right way. And they could sweep them now. So the Knicks actually beat the Heat twice. Think about it. Milwaukee beat them once. Boston hasn't beaten them. And the Knicks in the second round actually beat them twice and almost beat them in game six in Miami. So nobody has played the Miami Heat better than on New York Knickerbockers so far in the playoffs. How about that? But I am, I could not be happier. I got to tell you that. And and I know and and, I, and you know if my daughter's listening, my son-in-law Andre's big Laker fan. Andre, I love you. Your freaking team has won enough goddamn championships. Okay, let's be honest. Does anybody really want to see the freaking L.A. Lakers win another championship? Does anybody want to see the Boston freaking Celtics win another championship? No. Let Miami win. Let Denver win. I couldn't be happier. And let's hope that they both get swept away. Right. Just kind of swept away. Sweep. Sweep. And everybody at ABC is crying. Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, they all want Lakers, Celtics, all the big execs at ABC. You know what? Too effing bad. Suck it up. The ratings went down. Nobody cares about Denver, Miami. I do. Go Heat. I am pumped up for that final. Let's go. All right. That's enough. Enough of that. 
<laughs> Nobody needs the Celtics and the Lakers again. How many times? I mean, like every like every final in the '60s, but in my lifetime, every every final was like Celtic Lakers, and the Celtics won every one of them. Great. How many times do we see the Celtics and the Lakers in the '80s? Right, right. And then the Lakers finally beat them in '85. I can still see Kareem running down the court in the old Boston Garden after you know in Game Six after they were you know knowing that they had the championship won. How good was that? At, in those days, I rooted for the Lakers. Now, I, I don't know who I, I wouldn't watch. I don't know who I hate more, the Celtics or the Lakers. I can't stand either of them anymore. They just want too much. I mean, I, I, I you know, I've had it. I just, I want to vomit now, you know? <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway. All right. Beningo, the Yoda Payne podcast. So that's basically it. I mean, we're just about at the end of the show. Yankees continue to roll. How about the Yankees? They're 29 and 20. They swept Cincinnati over the weekend. Uh, you got a, a real good performance by Severino yesterday, even though he only pitched four and two-thirds. I don't know why he couldn't finish the inning, but nevertheless. They had one of those 11.30 starts, right? What is it on? Peacock? So what is that now? Peacock has a, a, a major league game every Sunday at 11.30 in the morning. That's actually not bad. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, NFL games start, like, at noon, you know? They should start them at noon instead of 1 o'clock and move them back to, like, 12. Of course, my team is going to play all these freaking night games, <laughs> you know. They better be good. That's all I can say to that. Anyway, but uh, we'll see what's going on. Anyway, off day for both the Mets and Yankees today. I'm not sure who the Yankees play. They come home Tuesday. I'm not sure who they're playing. I probably should have looked that up. The Mets, as I said, uh, will be in Chicago. But uh, nevertheless, everybody have a stellar week. The weather getting better. Memorial Day coming up this weekend. Uh, The official beginning of the summer. The unofficial, I guess, beginning of the summer. You can actually not, and I'll be wearing white pants tomorrow. I'm going to my grandson's graduation for college. I'm wearing white. So even though it's not Memorial Day yet, uh, um, it's a couple days before I'm wearing white pants. So if you, if you don't like it, you know what you can do. But anybody, <laughs> everybody have a great week. Uh, I will talk to you on Friday. All the love.